This episode of Tech News Day is sponsored by HelloFresh and by Muggsy Jeans. Hey guys, new hat. Go to itmerchstore.com. We have merch out now. Get the merch. It's only available till Friday, so you should you should really go get it now. We don't want these designs to go to waste. Buy some merch. Uh, but let's get into the, the tech news. Appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the story of Adam Newman and WeWork may be mostly over thanks to the company imploding spectacularly on the eve of a massive stock IPO that never ended up happening. But it's a story that we're probably going to keep hearing new details about for a while as WeWork's big, bloated, overvalued corpse gets autopsied. And uh, yeah, WeWork is still around. Mm-hmm. And yes, they might even find a way to thrive in a world that no longer treats them like the second coming of Apple and instead just treats them like the thousands of other co-work space companies out there. But there's definitely stories from their Emperor Has No Clothes era that we have yet to hear. And that's very exciting because we love few things more than hearing about the ego-driven excesses of Silicon Valley psychopaths. And it, to, he's not a Silicon Valley guy, but he really... He wanted to be. Well, the the the, the not-so-silver lining here is that uh, most of these failures end up successes for the people behind them because they end up being rich yeah. regardless. So this is all we get left over from it is so, the exciting stories of failure that somehow led to their massive financial success. Yeah, it's a great economic system we have here where uh, as long as you start off rich enough, you can fail, you can succeed, and you get rich either way. Yeah. We did it. Well, there are, of course, uh, multiple nonfiction books currently being written about the spectacular rise and fall of WeWork. And this week, the Hollywood Trade Papers reported that one of those books has already been fast-tracked by Universal Pictures. We're getting a WeWork movie, and it's going to be written by Charles Randolph, the guy who co-wrote The Big Short and produced by Blumhouse's Jason Blum. Interestingly, Charles Randolph wrote the upcoming movie Bombshell about Fox News' Roger Ailes being a sexual predator, and Blumhouse produced Showtime's The Loudest Voice, also about Fox News' Roger Ailes being a sexual predator. Uh, I finally saw the Bombshell trailer, and now it looks looks like it's going to yeah. be a pretty good movie. Looks like a good one. Yeah, you should see the, uh, they, they, they run ads on CNN. Uh, but they, but like in those ads, they specifically don't mention anything about Fox News or show any footage of the newsroom or anything. It's like literally just the actresses. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, there you go. Interesting. Charlize, she's mm-hmm. a she's a real talent. Mm-hmm. Nicole Kidman, wonderful. Yeah, talent. They, three very talented ladies in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Harley Quinn's in it. Margot Robbie. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, back to WeWork. In about a year or so, we can expect all sorts of fun WeWork tales to unfold on the big screen. Hopefully ones like um, that time that Adam Newman had a somber meeting about layoffs and then immediately brought out tequila shots and a member of Run DMC came out and did a live performance. That's a good one. That would be a great scene. Yeah. Um, Adam Newman bringing a suitcase full of cannabis on a private plane trip to Israel and then getting left behind to fend for himself once the pilot discovered the stash and realized that he could face life in prison. Hopefully that makes it. Mm -hmm. Um, Also just Adam Newman's various life goals like living forever, becoming the world's first trillionaire, becoming prime minister of Israel and then president of the world, and having his descendants run WeWork 300 years from now. Mm-hmm. There's lots to dig from. Yeah. There. Hopefully all these and more because, you know, new shit continues to come to light. Yeah. I mean, this would almost actually work as a miniseries because you could cover each, like, crazy story as an episode. But, yeah. Uh, as The movie as a whole will be almost unbelievable. Well, Martin Scorsese has busted the door down for... Movies that are, uh, you know, obscenely long. Mm-hmm. He's made it okay. He's uh, broken the glass ceiling for three and a half hour movies. So mm-hmm. maybe that can happen here. The WeWork story will be released on four separate VHS tapes. <laughs> 
Now, speaking of Adam Newman's inflated ego and insatiable thirst for global domination, Vanity Fair published an article recently that's mostly just a very good recap of the whole story, but it also features some fun new anecdotes about the talented Mr. Newman. Here's one. Adam said WeWork existed to elevate the world's consciousness. Okay, the company would allow people to, quote, make a life, not just a living. Uh, it was even capable of solving the world's thorniest problems. Last summer, some WeWork executives were shocked to discover Newman was working on Jared Kushner's Mideast peace effort. Uh, according to two sources, Newman assigned WeWork's director of development, Roni Bahar, to hire an advertising firm to produce a slick video for Kushner that would showcase what an economically transformed West Bank and Gaza would look like. Bahar told me he only advised on the video and no WeWork resources were used. Kushner showed a version of the video during his speech at the White House's peace conference in Bahrain last summer. So yeah, if you were worried about uh, Jared Kushner, of all people, being the guy solely in charge of achieving peace in the Middle East. Oh, hi, it's me, Jared Kushner. Yeah. Well, don't worry, because he's got plenty of help from Adam Newman. They're on the case. Yeah. Uh, here's another tidbit. Newman told colleagues that he was saving the women of Saudi Arabia by working with Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman to offer women coding classes, according to a source. In another meeting, Newman said three people were going to save the world. Bin Salman, Jared Kushner, and Newman. Shortly after the news broke in October 2018 that Saudi agents tortured dissident and Washington Post columnist Jamal Khashoggi and carved his body with a bone saw, likely on order from the crown prince himself, Newman told George W. Bush's former national security advisor, Stephen Hadley, that everything could be worked out if Bin Salman had the right mentor. Confused, Hadley asked who that person might be, according to a source familiar with the meeting. Newman paused for a moment and said, me. This dude has a fucking god complex. Are you sure yes. he wasn't one of the ones that was touching the globe during that meeting? He's probably just out of frame. He's got, he has like a finger on his background. He's got very long arms. He's got like Slender Man features, so probably yeah, one long finger. Yeah. Uh, completely uh, normal takes on all of these things from a completely level-headed, totally normal Jamal person. Jamal Khashoggi just needs to pivot. If Jamal Khashoggi was just ripping 5-0 grinds on a half pipe built into his workspace, none of this would have happened. Yeah. And if it was just me back there dropping beats, I mean, what a world we could be living Saudi in. Saudi right Arabia now. needs mandatory tequila time. Yeah. You know, if you want peace in the Middle East, what you need is beats in the Middle East. Yeah. Get a bunch of DJs. All I'm saying, just put us, put Newman uh, in charge. Yeah, uh, I'm a pretty smart guy. You see, I, uh, I, I rent real estate and then I sublease it. So mm -hmm. I think I know a thing or two about, uh, you know, global geopolitics. Yes. Well, another major character in the WeWork saga is, of course, Adam Newman's wife. Who would marry this person? Well, it's Rebecca Paltrow, cousin of Gwyneth Paltrow. Quote, crossing Rebecca had consequences. SoulCycle co-founder Julie Rice, who'd been recruited to WeWork in 2017 to become the company's chief brand officer, quit in part because Rebecca decided upon returning from maternity leave that she wanted Rice's title and, and took it, sources said. A source close to Rebecca said that Rebecca, as a WeWork co-founder, had always had that title. Last year, Rebecca fired a mechanic for WeWork's Gulfstream, two executives told me, because she didn't like his energy. This lady's a witch. Uh, Rebecca Paltrow, she was in charge of WeWork's now-shuttered elementary school, We Grow, mm. which had an annual tuition of $48,000. Oh, good school. Uh, she said of it at one point, In my book, there's no reason why children in elementary schools can't be launching their own businesses. I don't want this book. So that's the person. <laughs> yeah. Your book is dumb and yeah, bad. This book sucks. Uh, here's a paragraph from uh, the Vanity Fair article about WeGrow. 
Although many families loved the whimsical little school, more than half the kids received financial aid, the school says, it was not entirely a utopia. Early on, a WeWork administrator called WeWork's HR department in a panic. The school's security guards were threatening to quit because they hadn't been paid in a month, a former executive recalled. It turned out human resources forgot to add them to the payroll, according to a source familiar with the matter. Another source recalled that parents protested Rebecca's rule that nannies picking up children were required to stand in the vestibule while parents were allowed to wait inside the school's lounge. Ah. Rebecca didn't want her nannies entering the school, two sources said. <sighs> the whole thing was about her and what was right for her children, a person close to the school said. Um, yeah, more God complex. I don't want to see these peons, these nannies, anywhere near me. Is Gwyneth Paltrow the one that did goop? Or am I thinking of someone else? She is the goop girl. Okay, so yeah, we're all on the same wavelength here with all same, of these Same energy. People. Yeah, the, the energy is flowing through a very specific group of people and yeah. no one else. Yeah. Uh, now, we could read excerpts from this piece all day. It is great, and you should definitely give it a read. Uh, or you could just, you know, wait a year or two for the movie, which will likely be a cross between The Wolf of Wall Street, The Social Network, and, of course, The Big Short. It'll be really interesting to see who they end up casting in the role of Adam Newman. There's not a lot of dudes out there who can play a 40-year-old, 6'5", wiry, physiqued Israeli dude, but the short list probably includes um, Adam Driver, Benedict Cumberbatch, Sasha Baron Cohen, Shibby, uh, Tommy Wiseau. It could be anyone. Probably yeah. a lot of other foreign actors that we can't think of right now, but uh, yeah. As far as Rebecca Paltrow goes, her cousin Gwyneth might be the perfect fit. Yeah. She still acts occasionally in, of all things, the MCU. I think yeah. that's like the only thing she's really doing. Yeah, she doesn't even know what movie she's in at any point in time. Oh, uh, right? she doesn't. When yeah. she was like, I was in Spider-Man? Yeah. She, I don't know how that works. If they're just like bringing a green screen over to Goop HQ and just giving Gwen well, some lines. At some point in this Marvel universe, you show up to set and you're like, I know the character I'm playing. Yeah. Here I go. Kind of interchangeable when you're dealing with the same actors over and over again. But uh, yeah. I'm, I guess I'm, maybe I'm giving her too much credit. Well, I'm very excited about this movie, especially Silicon Valley is it's only one episode left and I, it, it's going to leave a sort of tech uh, social critique hole in my life that mm -hmm. uh, hopefully this can fill. Yeah. But uh, moving on now to another egomaniacal billionaire executive, Elon Musk, mm -hmm. a great recurring character because he's just always got so much going on. And that's on purpose. Yeah. One week he's unveiling a hideous new Tesla that half of you weirdos inexplicably like. And the next week, he's back to dealing with his defamation lawsuit, the one about how he repeatedly accused that rescue diver of being a pedophile just on the basis that the diver didn't like Musk's stupid child coffin submarine. At last we heard about this, the court had rejected Musk's request for the case to be dismissed, and more recently, Musk's attorneys came out and said that they absolutely would not be trying to settle the lawsuit before going to trial. Oh. This shit is definitely happening, and it's actually happening right now, this week, baby! Woo! Uh, in fact, it's already underway. Both Musk and Unsworth were present in court in downtown Los Angeles today, Tuesday, when we filmed this, and the trial began with jury selection. You only missed out by about a month, Elliot. You were in for a jury selection a month ago. I should have. I could have delayed it. You yeah. can, can kind of delay it indefinitely if you're on top of it. I don't know if I can be impartial, given that the defendant is a pedophile. <laughs> Uh, earlier this week, it was reported that Musk and his team planned to ask potential jurors if they have strong opinions about billionaires and whether harsh language is something that will affect their impartiality. Unsworth's team's questions involved whether they own a Tesla or are considering it and whether they have a special interest in space exploration. It's pretty predictable stuff. Musk doesn't want Musk haters on the jury. Unsworth doesn't want Musk fanboys on the jury. Uh, just show them a picture of the, of the Cybertruck. What does this make you feel? Anger. <laughs> You're out of here. Disgust. 
The only people that are allowed to be on this jury are people who see the Cybertruck and feel ambivalence. Yeah. I feel nothing. Wow, that's a that certainly is a truck. Yeah. I've seen many trucks, and that's one of them. All right, you're on the jury. Yeah. yeah so BuzzFeed reporter Ryan Mack was in the courtroom for Tuesday's jury selection, live tweeting the proceedings during his breaks, because you're not allowed to bring phones and laptops into the into the jury room. But it's funny because he's the same BuzzFeed reporter who had that insane email conversation with Musk in 2018 where Musk made a bunch of baseless but very specific claims about Unsworth and insisted that he could just say, off the record, to make his statements off the record. Yeah. Uh, those emails, which kind of led to this case, they won't actually be a core part of the trial anymore, though, because the judge decided that Unsworth's team could use them as evidence to show Musk's state of mind, but they can't actually be used as a source of damages in the case. So mm. he, he's suing him over the tweets. Still, like, his presence in the courtroom has to have Elon at least perturbed. Yeah, this is a very petty, insecure man. Yeah. I'm sure he's seething yeah. inside. Anyways, Mac tweeted that 10 of the 40 potential jurors were dismissed on the grounds that they have a personal or professional connection to Musk or one of his companies. Then t- another two jurors were dismissed because they follow Musk on Twitter. <laughs> Wouldn't want that. After the jury of three men and five women was selected, they got right on with it uh, with opening statements. Uh, it was just a bunch of stuff we already know, though. Uh, there was a new thing that Musk's team is coming up with. Uh, they have a term called J-Dart for what he did. Uh, and that stands for joking, deleted, apologized for, responsive tweet. JDart, ladies yep. and gentlemen. Yeah, I'm just going to throw fire off a few JDarts on Twitter today. Can't sue me. Yeah. Set to delete at J-Dart. 6 a.m. Yeah. Uh, anyways, this will all be over in a few days. And, um, I mean, Musk might actually make it out of this unscathed. Well, they, what is it about millionaires and billionaires getting away with things? I just don't know. Hmm. I just don't know. Uh, But no matter what happens, it will always be funny how far that he let this thing go out of just pure stubbornness and spitefulness. Because this is very much a stubborn and spiteful man. For example, uh, a police report was recently released concerning a June 2018 incident involving a Tesla whistleblower named Martin Tripp who claims to have observed battery manufacturing defects while working at the Tesla factory in Reno. Now, whether Tripp's claims have merit or not is unknown, but we do know, according to this police report, that Tesla may have tried to SWAT this guy. Basically, Tesla called up the local sheriff saying they'd received a call from a friend of Martin Tripp who claimed he was armed to the teeth and on his way to shoot up the Tesla factory. And that, of course, sparked an active shooter threat for the police. They eventually tracked down Tripp and confronted him peacefully, finding that he was no threat and, in fact, did not own any weapons. But the situation definitely could have ended a lot worse, especially if he was black. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, yeah, see, it, I mean, it sure seems like, maybe, maybe I'm off base here, sure seems like Tesla uh, made up a fake phone call and uh, tried to get the police to murder this man for uh, speaking out against their manufacturing process. I've heard of a new strategy online from my friends on Twitter. They call it swatting. It's the latest thing. It's just a meme. It's a victimless crime. Yes. Much like calling someone a pedophile. No (laughs) harm, no foul. Yeah. If there are no victims, it's victimless. There's no real victims behind my accusations, then it is a victimless crime. This fucking guy. Yeah. Anyways, it's time now for some sponsors, starting with HelloFresh. Hello. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit delivery service, bringing you easy seasonal recipes and pre-measured ingredients right to your door. All you have to do is cook and enjoy. HelloFresh makes cooking delicious meals at home a reality, regardless of your comfort in the kitchen. Say bye-bye to endless grocery store trips and takeout food. HelloFresh has you covered. 
Break out of your dinner rut with 20-plus seasonal chef-curated recipes to choose from each week. There's something for everyone, from family recipes to calorie-smart and vegetarian, and fun menu series like Hall of Fame and Kraft Burgers. Uh, yeah, we both love and enjoy this. Gets you out of that, uh, like like we said, that rut of cooking the same things over and over again just because you're familiar and with them yeah. and you can do them confidently. I love getting a new HelloFresh. Yeah. They've got me cooking stuff I didn't know about. Never really messed with too much, like uh, anything beyond like basic pasta. Yeah. Anytime I have to do that, I'm like, oh, this, well, is, uh, this is fun. The good thing about cooking for yourself in the wintertime, it's a source of heat. It is. <laughs> so there you go. Preheat that oven as long as you want. You just stand <laughs> next to it. Nice. You get, you get warm and you get dinner. Yeah. It's nice. Uh, you can get nine free meals with HelloFresh by going to HelloFresh.com slash Newsday9 and using the code Newsday9. That is nine free meals by going to HelloFresh.com slash Newsday9 and using the promo code Newsday9. Uh, that, as well as the next one, links in the description if you get confused. Yeah, and the episode is sponsored by Muggsy Jeans, the most comfortable men's jeans ever made. Mm -hmm. Muggsy Jeans is extending their Black Friday sale to you just for this week. Head to Muggsy.com and use code NEWSDAY for 25% off your order of two or more pairs. Muggsy Jeans are real jeans that feel as comfortable as sweatpants. Magic is in Muggsy's proprietary fabrics, which include a blend of high-tech materials that make these jeans mind-blowingly soft and flexible. Best of all, Muggsy's come in a stylish fit that's not too baggy, but not too tight, so you look even better than you feel. Again, another great product for the wintertime. I just want to be comfortable, well-fed, yeah. and warm. Mm -hmm. uh, if you want comfortable jeans that look good, Muggsy jeans are for you. The folks at Muggsy are so confident you'll love them that they offer free USA shipping and returns, so your comfort is 100% guaranteed. Do your legs a favor, grab your own pair of the jeans that are sweeping the nation by heading to Muggsy.com, that is M-U-G-S-Y.com, and use our promo code NEWSDAY, all one word, for 25% off of two or more pairs. Again, that is Muggsy.com, use the code NEWSDAY for 25% off. It's for this week only. Get them while you can. Now, back to talking about egomaniacal billionaire executives now. How, how do they keep getting in the news? I don't. I, it's, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah, let's move on to um, Mark Zuckerberg. Scratch that off your bingo card yeah. for this week. Recently, actor Sasha Baron Cohen received an award from the Anti-Defamation League for his work exposing anti-Semitism and having fun with it while in character as Borat, Bruno, Ali G, and, uh, you know, all of his various characters mm -hmm. from Who is America... And his acceptance speech was mainly just a rant about how terrible Facebook, along with the other big tech companies, but mostly Facebook, are. Quote, Facebook, YouTube, and Google, Twitter, and others, they reach billions of people. The algorithms these platforms depend on deliberately amplify the type of content that keeps users engaged. Stories that appeal to our baser instincts and that trigger outrage and fear. It's why YouTube recommended videos by the conspiracist Alex Jones billions of times. It's why fake news outperforms real news, because studies show that lies spread faster than truth. And it's no surprise that the greatest propaganda machine in history has spread the oldest conspiracy theory in history, the lie that Jews are somehow dangerous. As one headline put it, just think what Goebbels could have done with Facebook. Uh, he spent a huge uh, chunk of his time specifically talking about Mark Zuckerberg and his recent statements about free speech, saying, Zuckerberg tried to portray this whole issue as... Choices around free expression. That is ludicrous. This is not about limiting anyone's free speech. This is about giving people, including some of the most reprehensible people on Earth, the biggest platform in history to reach a third of the planet. Freedom of speech is not freedom of reach. Sadly, there will always be racists, misogynists, anti-Semites, and child abusers. But I think we could all agree that we should not be giving bigots and pedophiles a free platform to amplify their views and target their victims. Now, later he said... If a neo-Nazi comes goose-stepping into a restaurant and starts threatening other customers and saying he wants to kill Jews, would the owner of the restaurant be required to serve him an elegant eight-course meal? Of course not. 
The restaurant owner has every legal right and moral obligation to kick the Nazi out, and so do these internet companies. In another section, he said, To quote Edward R. Murrow, one cannot accept that there are, on every story, two equal and logical sides to an argument. We have millions of pieces of evidence for the Holocaust. It is an historical fact. And denying it is not some random opinion. Those who deny the Holocaust aim to encourage another one. Still, Zuckerberg says that people should decide what is credible, not tech companies, but at a time when two-thirds of millennials say they haven't even heard of Auschwitz, how are they supposed to know what's credible? How are they supposed to know that the lie is a lie? There is such a thing as objective truth. Facts do exist, and if these internet companies really want to make a difference, they should hire enough monitors to actually monitor, work closely with groups like the ADL, insist on facts, and purge these lies and conspiracies from their platforms. Uh, one more quote real quick. In the end, it all comes down to what kind of world we want. In his speech, Zuckerberg said that one of his main goals is to uphold as wide a definition of freedom of expression as possible. Yet our freedoms are not only an end in themselves, they're also the means to another end. As you say here in the U.S., the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But today, these rights are threatened by hate, conspiracies, and lies. Allow me to leave you with a suggestion for a different aim for society. The ultimate aim of society should be to make sure that people are not targeted, not harassed, and not murdered because of who they are, where they come from, who they love, or how they pray. Uh, it's a long 24-minute speech. Uh, definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen it yet. And it's very cool seeing a guy like Sasha Baron Cohen using his platform to just absolutely shit on Mark Zuckerberg. This is why he would make a great Adam Newman. Like, he gets it. He, he has just a profound hatred for these egomaniacal CEOs. Yeah. He'd be, he'd be perfect in that role. Give it, to, give it to Sasha Baron Cohen. And if not him, Shibby. Yeah. And if not Shibby... Uh, Shibby has, like, blonde uh, hair and blue eyes. I don't know if he'd really... Yeah, he contacts and a wig. No. Put Shibby in a no, wig. Be, there'd be protests. How okay. dare oh. you? All right, then Tommy Wiseau it nope. is. Uh, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Uh, moving on now. Get out your bingo cards again, because it's time to talk about Amazon. Bingo. I've hit Tech News Day bingo. We've mm -hmm. covered... Everything. Yeah. So a recent article from The Atlantic, in collaboration with the Center for Investigative Reporting, took a close look at worker injuries at Amazon fulfillment centers. And um, surprise, it paints an absolutely bleak picture with workers just destroying their bodies while trying to keep up with Amazon's ridiculous quotas and then just being left shit out of luck once they've pushed their bodies beyond their limits. The rush to scan or pick up more than 300 items per hour not only has long-term health issues, especially during 12-hour holiday season workdays, it also kills people. At this point, these stories all sort of blend together, but this report features yet another case of someone dying in an Amazon facility and just lying there dead for hours before anyone even notices. In this case, it's a guy named Philip Lee Terry at a warehouse in Indiana. He was crushed to death by a forklift that he'd been told to operate without ever actually being formally trained. Uh, he laid there dead for nearly two hours. Yeah, so Terry's death led to an OSHA investigation led by a guy named John Stallone, who noted all sorts of safety issues at the fulfillment center, but in the end only ended up issuing four serious safety citations. Now, the reason why, according to him, is that the head of Indiana OSHA actively worked with Amazon to minimize the citations, telling Stallone at one point, I hope you don't take it personally if we have to manipulate your citations. Now, why would they do that? Mm. Well, here's the reason. Keep in mind, the state of Indiana was at that time vying aggressively mm -hmm. to be the location of Amazon's HQ2. Now, Stallone says during his investigation, he was personally told by Indiana's labor commissioner with the governor standing right at his side to ease up a bit on that Amazon case or resign. <laughs> um, he luckily resigned and um, 
Well, in the end, Indiana didn't even end up getting the Amazon HQ2. So, uh, oh, happy story for everyone. Yeah, and we uh, really great. We uh, basically all collaborated to, uh, you know, not necessarily cover up, but uh, severely minimize this man's death and the ensuing safety investigation. But hey, it was all worth it in the end because, oh wait, no, it fucking wasn't because Amazon fucking played us. Yeah, they played us all. Well. Nothing like some uplifting tech stories to bring you back to reality after Thanksgiving week. Yeah. The craziest thing with Amazon, I was thinking about this, is like their, their stupid abusive business model kind of makes sense if you're a company that's like really trying to carve out market space and like attract people away from other sites. Yeah. But it's like at this point, they're the biggest they thing don't in the world. They need to do that. Yeah. Like at this point, it really wouldn't fucking matter if all their products were like, 20 to 50 cents more expensive because it's not like people are really actively like No, it's a checking. convenience thing. Yeah, people go to Amazon just like by default. Like yeah. they're not going there out of necessity anymore. They could The easily... free shipping takes care of all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like yeah, the free shipping is nice. That's cool. Also like... there it's a it's a multi 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 billion dollar company that uh, doesn't pay its taxes. So, I think they have a, you know, at least a little bit of money to play with as far as hiring more people, yeah. more trained workers. They are, they are more than not enough aggressively to... making people work 12-hour shifts. Yeah. They're they're already at the top of the mountain. Like they can they can maybe get away with uh, not letting people fucking die or get maimed in these factories. Like one lady in this article, she's like 50 years old. She had like she was ordered by her doctor to stop working at the facility cuz her uh the discs in her spine, he's like, this looks like a 90-year-old's body. Yeah. You're well, did she ruined. say, how the fuck am I going to afford to be able to talk to you if I don't go to this job? I mean, at, <laughs> probably. Yeah. Because she's, she's just like, yeah, I got, a, I got a disability settlement from Amazon. But then after that, I, I don't know, can't, can't do any physical work yeah. anymore. In America, Kinda it's fucked. like, you're 50, you got 30 years more work to do before yeah. you can... Yeah, uh, you were going to die yeah. chasing the American dream. Chasing that box that fell off the fucking conveyor belt is what you're going to die from. Yeah. And then, like, uh, yeah, another thing in the article I didn't get to is um, the whole idea, like, Amazon, they've been adding robots to their yeah. uh, their warehouses to, like, you know, ease up uh, the strain on the workers. But they found, like, looking at the data, that the warehouses with robots have, like, way more injuries because the robots are fucking dumb. And yeah. it's just another thing for these people. Yeah, people are interacting with Yeah, with these them, people yeah. are rushing, like... They don't have time to really check their surroundings. People are getting hurt all the fucking time. Oh, cool. An all-hands meeting. Let's hear the good news. Uh, me, an Amazon worker. Hey, everybody. Uh, now now I'm the executive. Don't worry, everyone. We're going to make things a lot easier for our workers. Yeah. Oh, great. We're going to get health insurance, full-time benefits, and uh, retirement package? No, there's no, going to be just boxes flying around the floor all the time. We brought more robots in. <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh, and uh, we're firing uh, half the workforce because of it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you, you only moved 298 items in, like, the 12 o'clock hour yesterday. Oh, another... Ah, fuck. Another thing... This article is... It's infuriating, but you should really read it. But uh, another thing is, like, multiple workers talked about uh, getting uh, really bad UTIs. It's, like, a big problem in Amazon because they're holding their piss all day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, they literally... And they, I thought they were all fucking each other. They, uh, they have no time for normal families. <laughs> they're raw-dogging it in, the, yeah, yeah, in yeah, like, yeah. jacuzzis. No, they're, uh, they're holding their pee way longer than they should. and uh, They need to have catheters. I mean, wouldn't be surprised if some of them do, although that pee is going to weigh you down. Yeah, that's true. A lot of them have uh, systems in place where it's basically like I scratch yours, you scratch mine, where uh, like someone will be like, I'm going on a break. And the other person does somehow twice the amount of work in that 10 minutes. And then the other person covers for them later on. 
Well, it's a bad company. They're bad people. <laughs> Jeff Bezos is an evil man. Yes. Anyways, that's it for Tech News Day this week. Uh, go try to bring some joy to someone's <laughs> life, I guess. Do something nice for someone. Yeah. yeah it's Giving Tuesday. Why don't you give someone yeah. something? Uh, anyways, check out our most recent episode of uh, Weekly Weird News, which is actually very recent because we uh, got back from break and did it on a Sunday. So check that out. It's all about Papa John just sweating pizza grease. Greasy Papa John. Yeah. The reason the pizza doesn't taste any good anymore is because the sauce was coming from his pores, and they yeah. don't have them anymore. Well, he's gone numb to the taste. <laughs> so check check that out and uh, also our review of the Cybertruck, and we'll see you uh, very soon for another uh, episode. Bye-bye. Bye.